Welcome to the Digital Horizons podcast, your gateway to the dynamic world of digital marketing. Join us as we engage with industry trailblazers, delving into innovative ideas and cutting edge strategies to empower you to soar ahead of the ever shifting digital curve. I'm your host, James Walker. Let's get started. Welcome to the Digital Horizons podcast. Today, I am joined with my guest, Brent Neal. Brent is a Google Ads specialist. He's been working in the industry for a few years now and manages Google Ads client accounts for budgets from as low as $1,000 a month up to tens of thousands per month. So, Brent, welcome to the show. Thank you. Welcome. And today, we're going to be talking about ways that people can not waste their money on Google. Yeah. We see that there is so many ways that Google puts in your face when you're creating an account <laughs> that is just really a way to make you spend more, which is not going to get a result. Yeah. So what are your what are your thoughts, I guess? So if you can run through what are the key ways that you're seeing and, and for anybody who's got a Google ad account or their pants want to do Google ads, what do you what would you say is the first thing people should be looking at within their Google ads account to just minimize that wastage? Yeah, it's, it's always so funny, especially when you create some sort of new campaign now, you're always prompted with all these notifications like do this, do that, do that. To a pretty good extent, I pretty much dismiss everything now. It used to be, you know, back in the day, you used to sort of consider it like, oh, should I do this? Should I not do this? Whereas now it's it's almost everything that is suggested to you by Google, do not do to some pretty good extent. That's it. And um, I found that even some of these things are hidden. Like yeah. you've got to click and there's like advanced settings. And this is this isn't <laughs> advanced, but it's just they're hiding something from you that's just going to make you spend money in a place yeah. you don't know you're spending. Yeah, 100%. Look, the, the devil's in the details when it comes to Google Ads campaigns. And, and running a Google Ad campaign isn't necessarily complex. Like that's the beauty of it all is it's not, you have to be a genius to figure out how to run a search campaign, but how to run a search campaign well and to get what a, a good market value would be for a, for a lead on Google, that's a completely different story. You know, the, the first area that I always pay attention is in the, the settings for every campaign, especially search campaigns. The first area that I always jump into every single time I've set up a new campaign, it's always going to be the networks. So you've got the yep. search networks and the display networks. Yep. Essentially what they are is it's like a, let's call it a third party. And what they do is they'll push your, say, search campaign as a display campaign on a website. I actually sent a screenshot the other day of one of our previous clients and then I popped up through remarketing and it was just this text ad through some other random blog. I think it was like, I can't remember, like a BuzzFeed blog or something mm-hmm. like that. And it just showed up as a text ad and it looks yep. terrible. So yep. always turning those off. Like that's probably the, the first one. Yeah, because um, that's something that when you're setting up a search campaign, you think that when you're creating your ads, you're creating your keywords and all this kind of stuff, you're only going to be paying to have your ads to show in that top four pack of the search results. Yeah. You don't expect that your ads are going to be shown wherever on the internet that yeah. you're unaware of and you're paying for that too. And that's one that we see all the time when we're looking and ordering accounts. Yeah, no big time. That's by far probably the biggest, um, I would say, money waster. It's not a huge spend. Like That's the thing is if you keep a, a search network on, most likely by mistake, you can break it down to see how much has been spent in other places. Mm-hmm. And it's so rare that I actually see conversions come through from the search network. Mm. But it's not to say that it, it can't work. It's just something that I would immediately turn off and yeah. then do that sort of testing down the line. Or, you know, if Keyword you're expansion. To, yeah, so exactly. you maxed out your reach or whatever. You, yeah. you, there's no further possible conversions you can be receiving within the normal search network, then yeah. branch out onto these other yeah. placements. So what would you say that next area people should be looking at is to minimize their waste? Yeah, probably the next, it's almost immediately after is locations. You know, if this is something that, I know that even as a previous sort of Google partner, they even still recommend turning this off, which mm. is the presence or interest, mm-hmm. turn that to presence. That's probably the biggest one that you have no idea 
how many accounts you log into that still have that on. Sometimes it's even left on, you know, by accident, something that's so easy to miss. Like again, yep. as you're saying, hidden. Hidden, hidden that's sections, the advanced right? field one. So what that one is, is that you say I'm running a campaign, I want to be targeting Brisbane. Yeah. And so I've got the setting, what you, your ideal setting is people who are in your location. That's yeah. what you want it to be. Yeah. The option that is by default that Google puts you on is people who are interested in or in your location. So that could be anyone anywhere in the world who at some point in time has shown an interest in Brisbane. Maybe they're thinking of moving here or maybe they're just coming to visit. Yeah. And then they're searching for something and Google's then got the got the liberty to show ads anywhere in the world. Yeah. So you don't know that your ads are shown, especially if you're a local service provider. There's no reason for your ads to be running outside of your local area. Yeah. You don't know where your ads have been spent. Well, yeah. you can. You can find this out, but you don't have no control over it. Yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. right. I mean, again, everything has its own purpose and place. Like there is no real accidental setting on Google ads, yeah. but 99% of the time, I can't imagine you want your ads to show over in you know, Bangladesh yeah. where you're providing like glass repair services in Brisbane. Yeah, so one reason, I was trying to think of what the point of this would be. And one thing I thought it could be was tourism. Yeah. So someone's Hotels. planning to come to Brisbane. Yeah. And so it might be like, hey, what to do in Brisbane and kind of shit that you want to you want to be shown because there could, yeah. anyone could anywhere in the world, if they're interested in what to do in Brisbane, they may be planning a trip. And yeah. so that would be a good reason for it, but very limited use case. Exactly. Like, And even then you'd still rather run a campaign in top tourist locations. Correct. Like say if someone's coming to Australia from US, the only time I can ever imagine you'd use that is exactly that tourism. Yep. Yep. And it's the very last campaign because you have no idea what else to do. Yep. Um, yep, but look, at that point, you're probably just going to put money on a billboard, right? <laughs> That's, it. That's it. All right. Next one. What are we thinking? It's definitely auto applied recommendations. Yeah. This is something that in, in a lot of accounts is set to default on. Sometimes it's off. Just double check every account. It depends on when the account was actually created. But always go into your recommendation section. And then the top right, you see like a little clock with a little like a time on it, click on that and just make sure everything there is completely unticked. Yeah, a lot of the recommendations here or auto-applied recommendations can be involving changing your bidding strategy or even increasing your budget. Yeah. So a lot of people waste so much money here. If you've got a budget that's set at $20 a day, yeah. they can easily spend you know, $30 or $40 a day because it's automatically applied. And unfortunately, Google always recommends that you should spend more money, even if you can't. 100%. And that's a big one. And that, this is something that's been around for a little while, but we you just don't know. And it was yeah. automatically turning on for accounts that were, had been previously running without this on. And so you jump in there and shit, it look different to what you're used to seeing in there. And yeah. then you realize, oh, Google has auto-applied this. So yeah. I think that, that this is definitely something that if anyone's running Google, I should be immediately checking that they don't have this enabled because you're giving Google the ability to make any changes they want within your campaign. Yeah, that's exactly. not going to be in your best interest. I mean, hey, you might see some better results possibly, but I think the more likely what we've seen is that it's not going to have a positive impact. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, especially when you sit down and you actually read through all of those options because there, there was an email chain that was going on around a little while ago yeah. that I think you shared with us, mm. which was, you know, what should you keep on? What should you consider? And what are some things you definitely shouldn't have on? Yeah. To a pretty good extent, if you're pretty active within an account, you shouldn't have any of these on. No. But there are some that are just so scary, which is the budget, you know, it can auto mm. automatically create new assets. So like, you know, yep. headlines and descriptions new and stuff. Yeah, new, yep. new keywords, like it can just go crazy. Yep. Most case scenarios, it doesn't go crazy, but there's so much money that is just wasted in these. Well, you want to have control. Areas. And yeah. it's just, it's giving away the control. And yeah. I, th I think whilst there are areas within Google Ads that are great for them to just take over when you're using like automated bidding strategies and different things, when it's got the right data in place and it's got the right constraints around it, but being just completely open to, to do whatever is just definitely not going to be positive. This actually makes me think of another thing that I've seen people waste money on. It's kind of tied into this 
is having the Google app on your phone. And we've, <laughs> we've had clients do this and they, they don't know any better. Yeah. And now we tell everybody because we didn't realize this would be a thing that they've got the app on their phone and then they get a pop-up which says, hey, you should do this. It's going to make you more money or you'll generate X more conversions from your account. And so they're just hitting accept, thinking, yeah. oh, okay, this is something <laughs> Google is recommending then. within my account. I need to yeah. accept these. And so they're accepting all these different recommendations, yeah. which is basically like the auto-apply almost. <laughs> um, and then we see the results are just tanked. Tanks. And yeah. we're like, whoa, what happened? And you check the change history and you, it's you realize. the client's email address <laughs> has made all these changes. And we're like, whoa, what happened? Yeah. And, the, and the most they, of the time they, they don't realize. even realize, are no, they? No, like they, you, just, If you try and like, you know, put it on them, like, you've done this, you've done that. They're like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. Like, and it, because it's just so fluid, it happens on, on the thing. And then all of a sudden you've just increased your budget by 200% and yeah. not even known. Like it's, it's, yeah, just that one was just sort of stood out as a, as a case where you just got to be so careful. Yeah. hundred percent. That's probably, yeah, probably one of the biggest ones, uh, I guess in conjunction with that is, is also broad match keywords as well. Yes. And going back to always prompted you should do this, you should do that yeah. with a new campaign build. This yeah. is probably the biggest one. Yeah. And Google has put such a massive push on this as pretty much anything you'll find on the internet now is this, you know, don't go broad match, don't go broad match. Yeah. I definitely still stand with that. But this yeah. is by far the biggest one where you start targeting completely irrelevant terms yeah. or it, uh, probably the biggest one now is intent. We can't rely on someone searching glass repair and converting immediately now. Mm -hmm. Like someone is a bit more specific about what they search mm -hmm. on the internet now. But in the same sense, if someone's searching for um, DIY glass repair, which you will show for, yep, yep. that is a completely wrong person completely to show for. Completely different intent. Yeah. Like, you know, what Google tells you it's going to do is when you're running a broad match, it's supposed to be looking at the landing page, looking at your website, trying to match the intent with the search. Yeah. But it's not happening. And yeah. we, we see this time and time again. Like, there's completely irrelevant terms, so much competitive terms coming through from these things that it's not going to be a good use of your budget. You want to have your exact match, your phrase match, get control, get some negative keywords, which we're going to jump onto. Yeah. But make sure you've got all that built out in your campaign, get some conversion history happening. So that way you've got the right parameters in place to test some yeah. broad match. You don't go broad match all in and yeah. never broad match single word. Like, yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely like, not. You don't want to go a single word. Like, yeah, I would not go, say you're an electrician, you don't just go electrician, electrician. broad match because that could be anything. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's where you just got to be very careful. You will lose a house deposit on just that. 100%. Easily. <laughs> yeah, that you're going to spend some money. Yeah. All right, what's next? Yeah, negative keyword list. Yes. That's probably the biggest one, right? Yep. Every new campaign we ever build, the first thing that we're looking at especially every single daily. day, daily, literally daily, yep. um, sometimes for up to two weeks. Yep. It's just a negative keyword list, but the search terms. Search query report. Yeah. Look yep. at every single search that's coming through. Yep. Why is your ad being triggered? Not just looking at free glass repair or something like that. I'm just going to yep. use that example consistently. Yep. But free glass repair obviously has nothing to do with what you do. So you're going to yep. use the negative free for that. But also looking into a bit more of the intent, which is something we can get to a little bit mm. later on. But yeah, of course, any words that stand out that you don't want to show for competitive, yep. irrelevant locations, yep, yep. You know, there's, a, there's a, a lot of different categories that you can create negatives for. Yeah. And I think the way that we do our negative keyword process, I think it works very well. And we've again, when we're ordering, looking at other accounts, I feel like they're probably not done as effectively as, as this way. And this has come a long way from us working out out of the years. Yeah. But by using negative keywords list is really important because when you've got a bunch of different campaigns within an ad account, you identify keywords you just don't want to show regardless of 
what campaign that's in. So yeah. especially like your locations, you know you're never going to service a client in X area, put it on your NEG location list so that way you can be sure that you're not going to show any ads regardless of what the search is. Looking at competitor terms, negging out all your competitors and then having your unsupported. Yeah. So that way you're making sure anything that is you just don't do. So say as a digital marketing agency, we don't build websites, someone searches for website design, we put that on our unsupported list because we never want to come up for that term. Yeah. And making sure when you're actually putting them, think about all the different ways that people are going to search that. So you're going to type websites design, website web dev. developer, web designer, what yeah. any kind of different thing because Google will still show you your ads. Like it's like the opposite of what it does for search terms. Yeah. If, it will try and show you shit for as much as possible based on that keyword. But when it comes to a negative, they won't take that negative as anything else. Yeah. It is it has to match so to the exact letter. <laughs> yeah. Not an if there's not an S, you will show for the plural of that keyword. Yeah. So it's kind of the opposite way of doing it because by doing this work at the beginning or when you're looking at a campaign, you just future proofing it from the showing up for stuff that you know you don't want to be showing, which is yeah. going to get clicks, which is going to waste your budget. Again, we're trying to talk about how you can minimize wasting budget. And this is a really effective way of doing that. Which is insane as well, because the amount of accounts that we look into, and there's just no negative keyword activity at all. Yeah. Like, you know, it's yeah. been, you know, maybe they'll do initially for the first month or something like that. And then after yeah. that, they don't do anything. Yeah. This is by far the biggest area where you're going to save money. It's the opportunity, absolutely. Um, but more importantly, the biggest area that you're most likely wasting money. And yeah. understand Google as well as if you put yourself into your own shoes and you search something on Google, mm. if you're, again, going to that class repair person. So when you search something into Google, like glass repair, you could immediately expecting something like WikiHow to come mm. up with a walkthrough on how to like do a, your own yeah, do DIY glass yeah. repair or something. They're yeah. going to just click on that immediately thinking that's what it is. But most yeah. likely it's going to be your ad where you're spending money, you're yeah. having someone bounce pretty much immediately because they don't want to pay someone to do it. it. It really is just this trickle effect into now thousands of being, uh, dollars being spent over the course of a few months, yeah. dollar here, dollar there, where you could have generated 20, 30 leads or something. Yeah, so I guess when you're implementing dynamic keyword in insertion into these campaigns, it can really have a negative impact because what you're saying in terms of your glass, your DIY glass, if your ad shows for this, your headline is going to take that search term that they've actually put into it. So yeah. then you're going to match their intent. So they're going to be like, fuck yeah, I want DIY glass help. Yeah. And then click on your ad thinking that that's exactly what they're about to land on. But really, it's your product page or your service page, which does not match the intent at all. And yeah. so that's a really risky way of running things. I think the only way you could ever use that dynamic keyword insertion is if you're using exact match because you know exactly what your headline is going to look like or very yeah. close variants to that. Yeah, exactly. Broad match would just be a, a nightmare on that kind of stuff. 100%. And that goes straight back to the auto-applied recommendations where yes. it'll automatically create those assets. Turn that off. Yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't. Don't run that. Don't Never turn it on. That. No way. That's it's always um, off. Yeah. So that's that's another one. Make sure that's turned off. What was it? Auto-apply. Auto-applied recommendations. Okay. Yep. Yeah. It's a bit of a mouthful. That's um, terrible new introduction that they brought yeah. in with that one. Yeah. No use case for that at all. Absolutely not. I think probably the, the other one as well that I don't understand why we even see it in the first place is conversion tracking. Yeah. When conversion tracking is either not set up or not set up correctly. Yeah. And we can go through quickly what correctly would look like, but yep. not set up at all. Like there is no excuse to run any campaigns no. without understanding if it's working or not. 100%. It, it makes absolutely no sense to me. It's, it's equivalent to putting a billboard out in a desert hoping to get a little bit busier. Who yep. really knows? Yeah. Makes no sense at all. Okay. So you obviously you want to make sure you, your conversion tracking is set up. But how do you make sure it's correct? Yeah. So when it's correct, one of the biggest things that always is calls and you're tracking every call. Mm -hmm. That's always going to inflate results. If yep. someone, let's just put yourself through uh, a bit of a scenario. If you land on the website and you give this person a call, all right, cool. Hey, I want glass splashbacks or something like that. I'm, I'm looking at these designs. This is my kitchen, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. 
And then that person hangs up and they're like, oh shit, like, you know, actually I've, I've got to give them my location or something like that. I didn't give them a bit of important yep, information. Yep. That person calls back again. It's going to count as a second conversion. conversion. Correct. And you can see that through the repeat rate in the conversion actions mm-hmm. dashboard. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, it's usually up between like the 1.2 to 1.3. So yep. there is a good 20 to 30% extra conversions if that is set to every. Yep. So every single time, pretty much every conversion action should be set to one. Yep. The situation will be purchases. You want to track every purchase that comes through. Yep. So every single conversion action always set to, to one. And then the second is primary and secondary conversions. Yes, seen this not yep. done well in quite a lot of accounts. Yeah, 100%. And it, first of all, it obviously makes your account look better. If you've got an add to cart and you click on that mm. and they haven't actually bought anything, you haven't made more money as a business. It's yep. a good action to track. But yep. as a primary conversion, it's going to say, you're converting at X amount, but realistically, you get might get you know for every ten ad to cars, you might get three purchases or something like that. The yep. actual answer is three, three conversions. Yeah. So having your micro conversions, as you call it, mm. as a secondary action, yeah, um, really, really important. Like that's yep. probably the biggest one that we still see to, yep. to this day. Agree. It's a big, big money wasted when not being able to see data clearly. Mm. You know, most likely turning off keywords or products or um, campaigns that look like they're not working or they're putting more budget into a campaign that looks like it's working, but it's not generating the, the actual bottom line result. Yep. Uh, that's probably the biggest one that you don't realize you're losing a lot of money on. Yep. Okay. Any more that people need to be aware of for how to not waste money on Google Ads? I think probably the biggest one is new account structures. Like this yep. is always a, if you're taking over an account and it's already doing fairly well, it's not too difficult to be able to keep it going well and to be able to take it to that next level because it's yep. already got learnings and data. When you're yep. taking something yeah. at a completely new stage and level, yep. you have to build a lot of learnings back into that account. Yep. Google thinks that even if you create a new account for a website that has previously run Google Ads, mm-hmm. it's a new account. Mm. So how to structure your, your campaigns through bidding strategies, the right bidding strategies yep. to make sure that you're not just throwing money away for, yeah. for no good reason because yep. Google's going to get people to your website as quick as possible and then yep. hopefully get some conversion actions out of that. Yep. You want to be as much control as possible to be able to know how much you're bidding for each keyword, how mm. much, you know, what are your keywords that you're, you're targeting, what's your search terms that you're you know, allowing to come through, all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. You can only do that through manual CPC. Yeah, and Google will recommend that you use max conversions, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> yeah. when you're setting up from your go campaign. Yeah. And the the problem with that is that Google doesn't know who's going to convert because there's no conversion data in there. Yeah. If you haven't got, and this is even for older accounts that haven't got conversion data set up or conversion tracking set up correctly. So you're basically telling Google, all right, cool, get me max conversions, but it's a brand new account. So how does Google know who to send to your traffic? So it's just going to send anybody to your traffic until it has enough data, which yeah. is a really inefficient way of doing this. You'd rather have control, make sure that you're funneling the traffic into the way that you need it, you know, is going to work and be able to monitor your bids and, and your traffic. And then once you have got that conversion data, and I'm pretty sure Google even recommends itself to have a minimum of 25 conversion actions per week before yeah. it should work properly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. even though they're pushing it at the start of the campaign. Yeah. So once you get to that point, then flick it over to max conversions, run it as a trial, see if it outperforms your manual bidding and then flick it over to yep. continue running it that way because that's where you can get some really good efficiencies out of your campaign but not out of the gate like it's not going to yeah. run that way from the start yeah yeah exactly right like i mean i feel like every agency has at least tested this once or twice and just everything that google recommends you always test it to see all right is this actually worthwhile keeping or not? Yeah. And you always do it as such a, a mitigated testing strategy. Yeah. But the first thing you see, especially when you turn into maximize conversions and no conversion data, yeah. you just get a shit ton of traffic. You yeah. get a shit ton of clicks. High and cost you get per nothing. clicks too, occasionally too. Yeah. Like I've seen, like, because you've got it's no control. Like, and so it can, because Google thinks, all right, cool, this potential person might convert. So it's going to bid high to get that click. 
but it doesn't know if that's the case because it's yeah. not conversion guard data. So you may be paying way above what you would be paying on a manual CPC bidding strategy because there's just not enough data to know what to pay for a click. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly right. So yeah, bidding strategies is probably one of the, the bigger ones right at the top of the list. 100%. Well, Brent, thank you for your time today. I think we know Google ads work. They, they work yeah. so well when they're set up correctly, but yeah. we do find that so many businesses that we are talking to that have not had success with it. And these have been some of the key reasons as to why. And I feel that they, Google makes it very easy to spend money with them, but it's not always going to be in your best interest. And it's not going to get the results. So yeah. I hope that everyone who's been listening to this has got a lot of actionable insights that they can take away and either implement themselves or talk to the people that are running their campaigns and make sure this is happening. And just from implementing one or two of these, you're going to see a lift in your performance. Yeah, 100%. Like there's such easy, quick wins to, to yeah. do on your account and you save so much money. And think about, you know, again, that missed opportunity, right? Mm. $100 here, $100 there. Like it yeah. doesn't sound like a huge amount. Your business is most likely not going to go under. Yeah. But that could have generated, you know, another 500 to $1,000 yeah. in, you know, in some sort of return. So think about it that way as well. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Well, Brent, thank you for your time. You've been listening to Digital Horizons Podcast. We're back every week. Thank you for your time and we'll speak to you soon. Thanks. Bye. The Digital Horizons Podcast is brought to you by Walker Hill. If you are a digital marketer and consider yourself to be exceptional at what you do, I would like to meet you. We're currently expanding rapidly and I'm wanting to hire and work with Australia's top talent within our industry. So if you're looking for an opportunity to work with some of Australia's most exciting brands and really have a big impact on this industry, please reach out to us at Walker Hill Digital. Thanks for listening.